0: This is the Content
1: Recruiter Podcast. Okay. So, okay. So what we're talking about right before you hit record was, um, why are why do recruiters, why why do recruiters try so hard to protect the status quo in their industry? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one thing I've noticed is that it, it, what, it feels like a large amount or a majority of recruiters, call them in-house and agency. I don't think it matters. Um, who who become almost defensive when you talk about new ideas or things outside the box, or even like want to propose just a conversation about thinking differently. They like they they. I've seen them like come out and and just like really like want to protect this model that they've existed in for so long and i'm like curious why that is like it's like almost like they don't want to see an evolution and i'm wondering is that do they feel like they're going to become like obsolete or do they feel that it's unrealistic or do they or do they like truly believe that this one way of doing things is like the one and only way
0: yeah is that. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot to talk about there. So, so I think there's. Pro- I think it probably falls into a few categories. I think people probably split themselves up into different categories with this. I think you're right. I think some just are in this motion of cold van. They love doing it. They there's quite there's quite a lot of ego in recruitment. You know, Nate. And that's what that's what. Um, oh, wait, ego is probably the wrong wrong way to phrase this. There's quite a lot of pride in the way recruiters operate and i've seen this trend um i think that the, the, i think it became most prominent in my mind like maybe three years ago when i was in an in-house contract like this desire for recruiters to really dominate all aspects of hiring to become like this infallible person in the eyes of hiring managers to constantly get good feedback to never use agencies like they never ever want to use agencies so i think it, from an in-house perspective. So I think there's like this, this element of pride and that even extends to a big, a big community of in-house recruiters um, which I think kicked off in the UK but it's probably, um, probably global now. There's literally a channel within their Slack community, it's called Shit Recruiters Say. And it's just in-house recruiters like copy and pasting screenshots from agency recruiters who are trying to do business development. Like that's where we're at as an industry, which is kind of sad, isn't it?
1: It is sad, yeah.
0: You know, when people are just doing a job trying to, and I, and I get it, like agency approaches are shit. I remember one time we got an agency approach um, from a guy who was a, a tech recruiter and he came and said, we've got 2 million active candidates on our books. And I was like, that's just a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> um, but going back to your question, are they resistant to change because they are like scared of new tactics they don't know new tactics they've not got time to um to figure out how to how to actually deliver them i think it's probably a combination of all three at times i really do
1: Hmm. okay is it um I mean, I get it. I, I get being like stuck in one mode, especially if you've had a level of success too, and um, you've been in the game a long time. It's like, hey, like this is the way I do it. This is my 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 method. It works. So, I mean, it, it's how it always is when you try to like disrupt the status quo. But like this, uh, you, you know, the other thing too was is is. You know some of the conversations I have with like you know, people who sit on like the, let's say, call it recruitment marketing or employer branding or like that kind of that side of things, and how disconnected they are from the recruiting teams mm. um oftentimes. and and it is it, it just feels like, okay, like, hey, you know what we, we can we can talk all day long about like how shitty employer branding generally is. That's not the point. It's the, I think those those folks are very like, they have the right intentions, right? Mm. They, 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 they want to find a different way to start bringing talent in, but then you have the recruiting team who is operating in a, almost in like opposition to that. They're just like doing their thing over here and they're completely disconnected. And I think that, that also is, a, is an example of how recruiting, being open to new ideas and other ways of doing things, hes not there? But like, I, I just like, I, I, I've been fascinated recently as I've been paying attention to like the defensiveness and and how. I mean, even when we, you know we were talking about this uh, this post, right? This um, who is who is it from?
0: Um, oh, this was oh, this was Dominic McGregor. This was the so so for context. Um, I don't know if you know who this who this guy is, but he um, launched a um social media agency when he was like early 20s with another guy called Stephen Bartlett incredibly successful ended up scaling to like seven eight hundred people globally revenues of stupid hundreds of millions of, of, of dollars and um and then they uh, they I think sold their um their shares last year or whatever it was this guy yeah he's one of the one of the co-founders which surprises me but going back yeah. to that post, he basically came out and said, what, I'm gonna deliver recruitment at five 10% fees.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think he said, he, he's shocked at how much uh, recruiting agencies charge for a placement. Yeah. And then, and he think he sees that as, <laughs> as an issue because it charges companies more money and companies have to raise wages and like it just creates this like economic imbalance is, is kind of, was kind of his argument there and yeah, he said yeah. like i'm gonna they should be charging more like five or ten percent and then the, the comments on that post were fascinating i mean mm. it, it was like a treasure trove of like insight into recruiting um and uh, you know he he actually that this founder he, he actually said what well, somebody called him out and he said I'm just going to go do it like I'm just going to I'm just going to prove that charging less is it works better yeah which I, I, I give him credit for doing that we'll see if he actually does it but if he does hell at least he's trying it but um but it was really you know to see recruiters come out and defend and defend their model um just gave me a really like kind of like sparked this thing like wow like recruiters are very defensive why is that is that because they think it's the actual best model is that because they're scared of their model going away is it because they just don't know any other way like they don't want to i don't know they don't want to think outside the box I, I i have a lot of i don't knows but i'm fucking curious as shit about this uh, that's hot.
0: I don't, um, I don't know. So there's two things that caught my attention last week. The first one was that the, the, the whole round about recruitment agencies costing a fortune. Um, the second thing, which I think is kind of connected it, why, why I want to bring it up. There's been this like, and it, this argument comes up every few months, but there's been this like groundswell of an argument around whether HR should own talent acquisition or recruitment. Have you yeah, seen this yeah. kicking around?
1: Oh right. yeah, I have. Yes.
0: Um, so this appeared, I saw it first of all in the feed, then I saw that Hung um recruiting brain food guy was gonna run a live session on, on the topic. And so I tuned into the live session and it was basically stacked with HR people defending why recruitment should be part of the mix. And it went down that whole route of um, the whole people journey, managing the whole EVP, communicating that to the outside world. And I'm just like, I mean, Nate, recruitment's a mess at the moment, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Just, to, sure
0: I'm, I'm not seeing things, is it? Recruitment's a mess. HR or people, head of people, VP of, HRD, whatever title they have, they've, they, this is on them. Like this is the strategy that they've executed for however many years, decades. Like this has always been their, their strategy and their plan. And so mm-hmm. people can come back and say, it's part of the people journey. They've got like EVPs kicking around, they've got their employer brand and, and they, they, they should be able to communicate that stuff. But they've had it, they've clearly failed. So why is it still there?
1: So like do you the, think, do you think tax- that it should be somewhere else?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think HR should be anywhere near recruitment. Mm-hmm. Why, why should, why, why should they be a near recruitment? Like what? What? What do they possibly bring to the attraction process? And when I say recruitment, I, I mainly mean the attraction process, that top funnel stuff. Yeah, the journey. They might want to have some, some touch points within it. Of course, you need to collaborate with HR business partners. Of course, you need to um, get close to hiring managers. Of course, you need to understand budgetary stuff and and understanding headcount and, um, and all of that stuff. But why? Why would you want? HR person anywhere near what's mm-hmm. fundamentally now a marketing process. I just can't get my head around it. And I don't understand what they're trying to, what, I don't understand the, the rationale for, for thinking like this.
1: Okay. So you said something really important there. You said what is fundamentally now a marketing process. Mm. That's so, so that's what we're talking about. Like that, I mean, that, that's one of, that's the biggest reason why now. And like, and so. I think HR people, I, I'm, I'm just going to guess right now, so hey, assumptions built in here, but I think they live in this world where, where they see recruitment or they, they see, yeah, they see the recruitment process through a candidate filling out an application that then goes into their process and this candidate like comes into this journey at a different point, they're not understanding like that. that, that that's just not how it works most often, you know? Yeah. It might work in like certain industries where you're hiring certain types of candidates, probably more entry level and things like that. But man, if we're talking about like you know, knowledge workers, for example, I, most of them aren't filling out job applications and going to job boards and things like that. Man, like they're 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 getting contacted by recruiters at these companies who are trying to start conversations, and that's like that's where this recruiting is now much more of a marketing type function and a, and like an awareness channel than. You know, than it has been.
0: Yeah. And you, you kind of like, we, so we've identified that it's either sales or marketing. You either go with the pushing out approach and you go find people and you try and spark conversation, or you lead with the whole marketing approach and you try and distribute content on the awareness channels or the people that you want to hire exist to try and get their attention to force them into hit and apply. Like it's one or the other, isn't it? Or both. Yeah, But it's definitely not just placing an ad on a job board and waiting for people to come in, because that's just not happening. I mean, the latest stats, I forget who posted it today, but the latest stats were incredible. It's something like a drop of 14% of hires made by job board applications in 2020, and that's down to 6% now.
1: Oh, boy. And I'm seeing job boards are, are, are just starting to, like, they're jacking the prices right? Aren't they increasing prices and job, that...
0: job, job, yeah, job boards. I don't understand. It's funny, isn't it? Because we get these things titles. We're like, Oh, this is a place where people go to find jobs. It's a job board. Yeah. <laughs> which is <laughs> the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> where, where do you spend most of your time? Like in which feed I'm just, I, I, it's crazy. Um And so so we've given these things, titles of job boards and it's like compartmentalized in people's minds. This must be the place where people go and find jobs, right? Well, it yes. isn't. And this is what's changed in the last 10 years. It just isn't anymore.
1: Mm. You
0: know, people find jobs where, or people seek opportunity where they meet you people online and, and, and they just connect with them and they like them and they like the messages they're putting out. And that's that's, that's what we're seeing at the moment. Like we, we you know, we had huge demand to fill mm. A lot of roles for a technology called MuleSoft. And we mm-hmm. had the option of saying, let's go target every MuleSoft developer on the planet. Let's go target every single MuleSoft developer and architect on the planet with a message. And we could have bought a load of media space on a job board and we could have taken that conventional route. But it's like the land of diminishing returns. It costs a fortune. It takes so goddamn long, it's frightening. So we didn't bother. Um, yeah. And that's where, I we've spoke about it before, that's where we decided to launch a podcast, try and drive engagement through the feed. Um, and then the last month, we had something like 350 applications. And I think 224, as of last week, were, were relevant from actual MuleSoft, people okay. MuleSoft experience. So
1: in, in what time frame are we talking here?
0: Oh, uh, middle of? So let me put some context on this. We actually added some, we, we created something called a, um, a skill builder, which drove a lot of that attention, but then that converted over the space for a two month period. So we're probably talking the beginning of
1: November. Okay. So November, December, January. So three, three and a half months, just something three, three and a half months. So, so in three or three and a half months, drove 300 applications
0: three fifty, two twenty something were were qualified as so in the people okay,
1: so, to speak to. It's incredible. No, I mean it seriously is incredible. It's like the so so that dispels this myth of time associated with with quality, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, great. Hey, we're bought into this methodology. This is going to take us time. And we got we got we got to get butts in seats now, right? That's the rub. It's like, okay, so you're talking about small teams who are strapped for time. They got to get butts in seats today. Sure, they believe in 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 this longer term approach. But but what you're showing is that if this isn't an either or.
0: No, it's that's not. awesome.
1: Dude, that's awesome.
0: Well, it is, but how often do you talk about it, Nate? Until the industry wakes up and says, "Shit, yeah. this might be a way to go." Yeah, and I, and I know it's great. Like we we like we're just doing it now. It's it's in our DNA to just run this model, and and we're gonna um, we're gonna get another couple of creators. We already got one for the fintech space who are ramping up. We're gonna get some more in another in another.
1: See, um, platform that's the space. Thing. You proved it out. You proved it out in in with like one persona or in like in one bucket, however you want to refer to it. And then you can replicate that model. Easily. Easily. Yeah. And now everybody believes in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The only thing to look at, but you do hit barriers like, and this is, I I also like, so we hit a barrier with the, like for all the good stuff we talk about, you hit barriers Like, we hit a barrier in the FinTech one, because um, we're trying to invite FinTech leaders technical leaders to come onto the podcast share their views on where the future of the industry is heading and and i found out that you know it's a ridiculously regulated industry and so when you're trying to get tech leaders onto a conversation you also need to go through their pr teams so we've had like two calls with a major fintech company who brought along their pr director um uh, pr manager pr assistant and their PR company. So there's like eight of us sat on this call to sort of out a 30-minute podcast conversation.
1: About what they could talk about.
0: About yeah, about the content, what they want to put in there, what they can't say. My God. So so th- there is there is downside. Like it's not it's not easy, um, which I think goes back to your initial point: is why do companies struggle to do this? Is because it isn't just a plug and play kind of go and do it. And you're gonna you're gonna feel some pain along the way, um, but you just have to like keep pushing forward with this stuff because it, when when it's moving, it just makes your life so much easier. Um,
1: yeah, it does. It
0: Good. really does, Snake. I can't tell you how, how much easier we, we I mean, we like you made no secret of it. We haven't. Um, I haven't been on a job board. I've not advertised on a job board since. What year are we in? Two thousand and nineteen. Towards the back end of 2019, I'm like just done with that that model. It doesn't work.
1: Yeah, and and another really important aspect of this is, I think it, I would imagine that recruiters are happier.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm happier doing it. I can tell you, <laughs> and it's it's kind of funny. It makes me laugh. You know when you when you scroll in the feed on LinkedIn, you see like software engineers who are posting. Um, screenshots saying like can you at least read my profile first that the recruiters like reached out to them for a I don't know, I don't
1: know.
0: A mechanical engineering role or whatever. Um, That's true. like totally irrelevant but least an engineering the job title and the automated software has picked them up and they've they've hit them. So it's it's um yeah it's definitely just it's definitely better. It's it's hard it's hard in the early days. It's hard to get it up and running. It's but this is where the um the distribution between the budget needs to needs to happen. But like I, I was learning this not as a as a content professional or anyone with any sort of marketing background, and we ironed out the kinks pretty quickly because you had to. Like you didn't have a never ending budget, so you had to learn quickly. But yep. that doesn't mean recruitment teams can't go invest in other people. And instead of saying, "Okay, we've got budget for fifteen recruiters this year," which is a, another another post I saw on a on a social um, on Facebook on a on a group this week. Um, need to grow by like 300 people. We've got budget for 15 recruiters to hire 300 people, or oh, sorry, t- taking the team from five to 15 to another 10. I'm just like, there's a better way to do this. Like, there's just a much better way to do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, okay. So, so there's also some interesting here too, because um, there's this. Um, let's see. Well, it depends on on what you need, what you need to accomplish. Um, I'm thinking about some of the, some of the messages that I get too. I mean, I get messages, everything from like recruiters, people trying to sell me things that like make absolutely no sense for my business, you know, and it's, it's, I don't reply. Part of me, want, you know, sometimes I want to reply and just be like, Hey, constructively if you just took a minute to look at what I'm doing, you would know that this doesn't make any sense, you know? But like, I get it, that takes time. And so it's easier just to not take the time and say fuck all, like we're just gonna throw it out there and piss some people off and maybe we'll get something back. Now the, the opposite of that is like, you take a lot of time and you go highly personal, which is like, that is not scalable. Um, and you, you have no idea what the return's gonna be. What you're talking about is this this like sweet spot of like incredible value that's being delivered in a one-to-many environment. So yeah. So what you can do is the, the amount that you would invest in like the amount of time and money and whatever you would you would invest in, like, let's say personalizing outreach and being able to send Five emails a day or something, what you 're doing is is investing that into value creation and then making the value creation scalable
0: yeah that, yeah you know I, I I sometimes get uncomfortable with um, with the, the the strategy behind it because it, it kind of I think it requires a certain mindset, and I think when you go into it saying like you're gonna go and create value for a certain group of people with the intent of then hiring them. It's almost it almost feels like you're doing it for like the wrong reasons. Because you genuinely have to get into this mode right. of if this isn't mm-hmm. working month one and we invest four weeks into creating content and the CTO suddenly says I've had enough of this, no one's come through the pipeline, then it's really, really hard to to keep their um, to keep them interested. So I feel like you need to go into this with the mindset of, yes, the value thing, but just, I don't know, wanting to almost give something back to the space, almost wanting to give back to the industry to help people learn. And if you go into that mindset of like this, there's no end to this, we're just gonna keep giving people the content they need to learn and get better or improve, or I don't know, we're gonna open the doors, we're gonna do the whole, mobile around the office thing and show people what life's really like and they can make an informed decision of what it's like to work here. If you go into it with the right mindset, then um, you'll be very, very successful with it. And, and I, I, I don't know what the number would be. You know, I'd be interested to see what the ratio would be versus like, I don't know, would it be like one CTO pumping out content would be as efficient as five recruiters going outbound? Mm. I don't know. I'd, I'd be intrigued to see what the numbers
1: are. I know, me too. yeah. It, it would be, it'd be cool for some company to, just to like, just to do it. Yeah. Re, like recruiters just keep doing your thing. Our CTO is going to start doing their thing. And in like three months, we're just going to compare.
0: It would be, it would be fascinating. I yeah, no um, it would. I, I, you know, in, in, a, in the last role before I went into freelance, we were talking about the potential of, bringing in like a personal branding marketer into the business, so mm. just a brand marketer who acts as someone who could work with the sales team so they could get their message to their yeah. ideal customers on LinkedIn. Like, I still see that as the role today in recruitment. Like, I just can't believe, I've not actually no. seen a recruitment team go, okay, we're gonna hire someone who specializes in building personal brands. Yeah,
1: no. I know. can't believe it, mate. Yeah. It, It'd be such a cool role too. Um, can I, can we do one more question? Yeah, go do it. Okay. Um, okay. Let's talk about agencies.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. I have some thoughts, but here, um, do you think that recruiting agencies are here to stay? Um, yeah,
0: I think so. The answer that I'm going to give, like, I, I've been thinking about launching an agency recently um i don't think there's a better time with the state of in-house teams at the moment to launch an agency but one that focuses on building communities real niche communities first if they're very good at doing that content distribution thing as well because i think if you go to an in-house team and say look you are really struggling to hire dotnet developers We've got a community of 12,000 in the UK that we've built, and they trust our message. Yeah. And they trust we can go and have a conversation with them very quickly. I just think that's incredibly valuable to in house teams. Mm. But the agency okay. play right now of get a wreck, yes. Go, go, yeah, go find someone off the back of that wreck, go execute the same tactics the in house team should be doing, but maybe don't have time to do. I think it's garbage. Um, so on that basis, I, I, I don't see how those agencies will ever add value, but companies will still use them. Um, the other way, yeah, I think I think there's massive, massive value. What do you think?
1: Um, yeah, like uh, let's see. I I feel is okay. Is it accurate to say that um, eight, that recruiting agencies right now, or, or maybe they always have been, I don't know, um, are mostly getting paid to source?
0: Yeah, so the experience I had agency side was, so it lasted about five years. It was, um, I was in my early 20s, so I was probably incredibly hungover for most of it. But yeah. yeah, it was basically that. It was go find a client, go do the 360 thing, go win business, and then go find candidates That. That are relevant for the role and so you would go in business jump into the back end of a cv database try and find as many people as you can linkedin was still in its infancy then so um it wasn't okay. as as prominent so you know you would go do search on linkedin at the end of my time in agency uh, but mainly job boards job ads and it was so demoralizing that i can't tell you when you used to when you used to get a new role from a client i say client they're not a client are they they're not, <laughs> not paying you anything sure. um When you're working on that contingency hamster wheel, when you got a role from a company, um, it was so demoralising putting it on a job board and seeing like four other companies advertising the
1: same role. Mm Hmm. Yep. So okay. So so here here's what I was thinking about. Okay. So first, um, the I want to address that guy. I still can't uh, remember Dominic. Dominic's post. Yeah. About about, you know mm-hmm. how we can't yeah. believe agencies charge twenty percent for a placement, whatever. Yeah. Which that part of it surprises me because he's a he's a successful founder and what he's not what he what he's he's not looking at is that the market dictates what people can charge. Mm-hmm. And so whether you agree or not that 20% is a fair or outrageous price doesn't matter because the market is willing to pay 20% and actually that's all that matters. That could change and the market will only be willing to pay 5%, but currently it's willing to pay 20% and you can't dispute that. It's just what it is, opinions aside. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised he didn't think of it that way because he runs a business, but, um, but besides that, I look at, I look at agencies currently, and given the current market, agencies are making a lot of money. Um, they're hiring like crazy. Recruiters are super super hard to, to find. Um, I, I feel like in recruiting, most people are doing really well right now. And it's, and it's very easy to do well in, in a good market. It's easy to be a great entrepreneur in a good market. I mean, but if we look at like, so what happens when this demand shifts? Because the demand will, will absolutely shift. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, did we, did we not learn anything at, from the beginning of the pandemic? When for a period of time, everything froze. Everything froze. Hiring stopped. Companies laid off. Recruiting teams. All this. I've been thinking about this a lot, so I got a lot to... Go on here yeah. uh, but uh, so then then it re, then it then it, the market corrected itself and now there's a hiring boom and so agencies can look like they're really good I just know from working at an agent at an, in an agency model that it's a very challenging business model uh, because you're constantly playing this game of fulfilling business, fulfilling work, and having the overhead to support that work. And your overhead fluctuates with the amount of work that you're bringing in or, or, you know, that you're currently working on. And so when that goes up, you need more people. When that goes down, you need less people. And it's not like software. It's not like software where you create it once and you sell it over and over and over again.
0: You've got recurring like, revenue every year. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's a completely different thing. And so I'm wondering, like, you know, the agencies are largely like inefficient business models that have really high overhead. Um, and what, what happens when the market corrects itself? Um, and... You know, that's just like what I look at. And I, you know, you, we look at the market correct in itself in tech, you know, there's a reason that like um, pandemic darlings like Zoom and Peloton and Shopify have all now come back to reality. Um, they were extremely inflated and now their valuations, we've seen their valuations decreased by 40 50 60 plus percent now back to reality where like they probably should be valued which means that when that happens they got to scale back hiring yeah which means they need less recruiting and things like that and like i don't know man i just like I, i i've never been a fan of agencies being being an efficient business model to begin with but when you're attached when your business model is directly attached to the labor market which that's not an industry. Right. That is like that is work, um, which is which goes in cycles. It just seems like. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I, I just I don't I. It, oh, sorry. One more point, One more point, which is something that you and I have talked about offline. The budget allocated to paying agency recruiters. It's something that nobody in that organization likes. It is like, how fast can we get this off of our books? Um, uh, uh. I, I don't know, man. I look at all these factors and I'm like, how does, rec- how do rec- it's easy to, for a recruiting agency or for recruiters to go, yeah, look at us now, right? It's because like, because the market's hot and like everybody's in demand, but I don't think that's a sign that a recruiting agency is a, is a, uh, is a business model that's gonna be around forever.
0: No. When everybody that, would
1: hire a different way if they could.
0: Well, you know, I, it, but it, so it's kind of interesting because if you go back. Um, by
1: the way, I could be completely wrong.
0: Well, I, well, it's inter- no. What's interesting about it is I put a post out on LinkedIn yesterday, I think, or maybe the day before. I can't remember now. Um, but it was about this war for talent concept that if you like literally went onto Google and type the war for talent nineteen eighty. An article would appear, and if you did it every year consecutively, an article would appear. The war for talent's bullshit. It's the strategy that's failing, which is what's bringing this this nervousness around attracting talent. So, I'm not sure agency days are done. Just on the basis that in-house teams are so bad at what they do, <laughs> like because they can't. The in-house teams don't forecast demand very well. In-house teams don't um, don't drive incredible amounts of, of, of demand from the type of people that they want to hire very well because they're just not set up for it like the structure of the teams aren't set up to to deliver that way the structure of the teams are set up to deliver in a reactive way and, and try and go sell and scramble around the internet with a megaphone trying to attract people that's just how they're structured and that's not that's not like a slight on recruiters it's just how it's always been and how it's delivered like it's just how it is isn't it so Whilst yeah. that model exists, whilst they're always in this reactive state and whilst they're always trying to scramble around to just fill the next role with someone who's got relevant keywords, like agencies are always going to have an opportunity. Like the door's always going to be a jar for agencies to come in and say, look, we actually have this really good JavaScript developer who's available. Like It's always going to be there. Um, so I, don't, I, I genuinely don't see agencies going away ever I just think the ones that will be more successful are the ones that will niche out into these these communities and you know it makes me laugh Nate when I see like recruiters who've come out of university um, or recruiters who've come out of school and gone a couple of years in different jobs and gone into recruitment who are like I know consultants in JavaScript, React Python recruitment Mm. And like they are three massively, massively broad, um, broad areas of tech. Like you are doing yourself no favor recruiting across JavaScript, React, and Python. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just pick one, pick one, and be really fucking good at it.
1: Yeah, and be the best at it. Right, right, right. And just right. be the best okay. at it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that makes sense. I do. I, I really do believe that there is a. Okay. So here here here's what i here's what I don't think is 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 here to stay. I don't think an in-house team who is having trouble hiring for a role I don't uh, them outsourcing the same activity that they're doing and having to pay twenty percent for it just seems ridiculous. It's like. Why would you pay somebody else to just send a bunch of messages to the same fucking people that you're sending messages to, right? That doesn't make sense, but them going, hey, we got to fill this role. This is Nathan's wheelhouse. Nathan's Nathan's got access to like a bunch of these people. Let's see if he can get this role filled quickly. They reach out to you. And they're like, hey, we, got, we need to fill this like specific type of role. We know you're well-connected. Do you have a couple of people that we can talk to? And you're like, yeah, of course. Like, I'll, I'll set you up. Like, that, that's amazing. Um,
0: yeah. or, or, or some of have been thinking about Just split the process. Like, You don't have to be an agency recruiter and manage that sourcing, bang, 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 to hire. Like, Why don't you right, just right, become right. an agency recruiter that builds the audience and then... Gives in-house teams access to that audience.
1: Yeah, and maybe yeah, totally. you do just
0: charge two grand for a post, and and people will go two grand for a post. Are you pissed? But we just we've we paid it before to get in front of data scientists. Like we've just yeah. we paid it, and it works. Yeah. Really okay. Well.
1: All right. So so, okay. I think where we've gotten to. Oh, to sum this up is is this isn't then about our agencies here to stay. It's about what is the evolution of an agency, right? How does, it, how does an agency become basically irreplaceable in a way? Um, or like protect themselves from like the external fluctuations, you know, of, of market and demand, because the, the people that we're talking about, they're always gonna be in demand.
0: They, they are, um, and just going back to your, your point around the guy from social chain that's dumb chap who posted that thing and and sent the agency world into meltdown last week talking about talking about five to ten percent calm down people (laughs) (laughs) calm down just relax it's someone who's who's got an opinion um he's talking to to an industry that are that are taking that whole process from sourcing to um application to screening to whatever to then to then hire like his model might be cutting that journey up a little bit he might be saying you know what we're going to build the audience because that's what we're really good at we built an agency which is incredibly successful on the back of building real niche um channels for for people to come and watch our content you know what's stopping him from creating the, the javascript channel um or this this group on linkedin a community of 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 javascript professionals and then just charging five percent for companies to get access to that community or or to recommend people based on jobs that he posts within that community like there's nothing there's nothing stopping that right right and and then suddenly the value prop just becomes access it doesn't become candidates it just becomes access to the people you might want to hire so yeah yeah yeah. so i think there are different ways for agencies to do it today And, and i think it's incredibly exciting um for, for agencies, but I would just implore them to to go as niche and narrow as possible um to a market that that's actually addressable, not not ridiculously niche, um where where there's no clients or you can't sustain it. But um either get clear on the the type of people you are you are hiring um you're hiring for. Yep. I was going to say get clear on the company as well Like, get, I was going to say either go one way or the other either get clear on the company you're hiring for get pe- get real clear on the people you're hiring for but I wouldn't even get clear on I wouldn't even just target companies for this I wouldn't say we are specialists in um, in helping up to 100 employee companies who've just got series Series B investment because it's too broad isn't it? It is like You can't then manage their sales marketing sales. Like I would just be very clear I'd be like look our lane is python developers for this sort of company in london and you might only have 50 clients who cares for the first year who cares because then you can scale it up from there
1: yeah for sure for sure that's where word of mouth gets super cool all right okay man cool this was fun
0: yeah enjoyed it cool all right nice to chat buddy